are so thankful to be here on this first uh, Sunday of May as we come together to worship the Lord. Um, on this Sunday, we have, um, first thing I want to do is I want to look at the scriptures, uh, which we have today, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, as we uh, continue to uh, worship the Lord. And our scripture reading for today is Acts chapter 4, verse 12. So grateful uh, for you all to be here with us and joining here at Clinton Baptist Church, where I'm the senior pastor, Pastor Colin Pugh. My wife and I are grateful for you all, and the members here are grateful for you all worshiping with us. So today, as we get started, let's look at uh, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Acts chapter 4, uh, verse 12, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, um, Acts chapter 4, verse 12 is our, is our scripture verse for today. As we start our service, it says, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under the heavens given among man by which we must be saved. Father God, I come before you today just to thank you for your awesome grace and mercy. I thank you for your love, Lord God. I thank you for your strength and your power. I thank you, Lord God, for just giving us your goodness, Lord God, and watching over us. I thank you for salvation, Lord God. And I pray that today be a, a service that you are pleased with, Lord God that we lift your name up in it, Lord God, that you be glorified, Lord God, and seen as God. I pray, Lord God, that you use every single one of us, Lord God, whether we on the drums or on the keyboard or sitting in a pew or singing or preaching or clapping our hands or running a scream, Lord God, or the sound. I pray that you use any, every one of us in here today, the ushers, Lord God, the trustees, the, the pastors, Lord God, the leaders. I pray that you use every one of us in here today to give everything we have to you in worship. Lord God, let us not hold back on you. We come, Lord God, not to, for a check mark or not to be seen, but we come to be in your presence, Lord God, where we may get to know you better that when we leave this place, we may walk away different. Lord God, we are grateful that you have invited us into your presence. We grateful, Lord God, that you have allowed us to come and worship you, Lord God, because none of us are worthy. And it's all because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary Cross that we can experience this form of worship. Lord God, I thank you for allowing us to have this place of worship where we can come worship you freely, where we can lift our hands, where we can lift our voice, where we can stand on our feet and shout hallelujah, Lord God, without a threat of being hurt. Lord God, we bless your name. And we thank you for being so awesome and so wonderful. Continue to show your mercy upon us in this service where you get all the glory and all the honor. And if any one of us come in here with any kind of issues, we ask that you remove it. We ask that you take it away. Lord God, we ask that you uh, just wipe it all away that we may be in tune with you for this hour. We need you and we love you. And we pray for those who are sick and shut in. We pray for those who are incarcerated. We pray for those who are having some trouble. Even be with our deacon, Deacon Dixon, Lord God, as he's struggling with pain in his back. Be with our members who are in a nursing home and are struggling as well with, with um, arthritis and, and heart issues and surgeries, Lord God. We ask that you show up in their life to remind them that you are a healing God. 
that you are God that can do anything exceedingly abundantly of what we can ask or think. And we thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's get a Lord a hand clap of praise for those who are coming in. You can come in and have a seat with us. We are so grateful that you decide to come today to worship us. I mean, worship with us here at Clinton Baptist Church. For those who are first-time visitors, we ask um, that are in person, can you please stand? And if you're a first-time visitor on our virtual site, we I ask that you raise your hand or put in the chat to let us know. Do we have any first-time visitors here today? Any first-time visitors in the place? In the place. Any first-time visitors? Thank you all so much for coming out and visiting us. Thank you all for on virtual for visiting us as well. We know it's by God's divine design that you are here, and we're so grateful that you all came to worship with us here at Clinton Baptist Church, where we grow, we serve, we love. So can we all just celebrate our visitors today by a hand clap, just thanking them for coming out, thanking them so much for coming out and worshiping with us. Today, I got a couple of announcements. Um, on May the 12th, we have the Blood Drive here. We are partnering with Amazon and also Red Cross on May the 12th from 11 a.m. to 4.30. Uh, we would be doing blood drives here. Um, I have been uh, told and informed that the African-American community is short on blood and those with sickle cell, um, and they're in a great need of blood. So if you um, have it in your heart or God lead you to it, please come out on May the 12th. That's Thursday, May the 12th, between 11 and 4.30 and give blood and as well um, with our partnership with Amazon, they will give you a $20 Amazon uh, gift card uh, for Amazon for you coming out to give blood. That's amazing uh, that we have to uh, connect with Amazon or with another organization to give out something so we can give something to save lives. That's, that's amazing to me. But uh, we gotta do what we gotta do for, to get people out here so we can uh, have those blood, uh, have that blood in the hospitals that, to save lives. So please come out, share with your friends and family um, to come out and give blood. I'm going to be here giving blood myself. So please, please connect with us so we can um, get the blood that we need in the African American communities. As well as on May the 13th, um, we have a pastor and leadership conference here. It is a free conference for our leaders and pastors. Um, lunch will be provided by Chick-fil-A. Um, it will start at 8 a.m. with a continental breakfast and then it will close at 4.30. We have some great presenters and a great preacher that's going to be preaching. Um, Dr. Maurice Watson will be here preaching uh, from Metropolitan Baptist Church uh, in Bowie. And also um, Brian Croft, Dr. Brian Croft will be um, the presenter for that day. And then we have some other preachers that will be on here, uh, will be with us for a panel discussion um, as we grow um, in our walk in leadership and as pastor. So please come out for that for all our leaders. Again, you have to register so we'll make sure we have the lunches prepared uh, for you when you come. And you won't say Clinton Baptist Church cheated you on your lunch because you didn't register. So please, that's a joke. Come on, y'all like that. <laughs> so, uh, but please register for all our leaders that want to be a part of that. Um, also, um, if you're giving through Cash App, uh, through VAMCO, or through our website, Please give your government name and your phone number um, so we can get to you the, um, your contribution statements. We have a lot of contribution statements that we can't mail to people because they, um, through Cash App, they, you know, you give your nickname or your Cash App name. Um, and Vamco, you don't, you don't put your name in there as well. 
um, and or through the other uh, uh, virtual sites that we have to give. So we ask that you please put in a comment your name, your phone number, your address, so we can get your contribution statement to you. We do send out contribution statements every six months. So please, please, please get us that information so we can make sure that you get your contribution statement. Also, we have, um, this is uh, coming up, graduations are coming up. Let's give our young people a round of applause and our college folks a round of applause because graduation is coming up and I'm so grateful for uh, those who are graduating this year. So we want to know who you are. We want to know who you are. If you're graduating this year um, and you're a member of Clinton Baptist Church or have family here at Clinton Baptist Church, send us your, your name and your picture um, to our email at clintonbaptistchurch.org. I mean, at Clinton Baptist Church, Verizon.net, um, or you can text it to us at 301-653-6219. Send us your picture so we can highlight you. Also, for our 12th graders, for our 12th graders, if you're in the 12th grade and you graduating this year, please get us your information um, so we can get prepared for our graduation service. As you all know, every year here at Clinton Baptist Church, we give our seniors laptops. So let us get prepared for that so we can get those things ordered and um, our seniors here will be able to um, receive their laptop from Clinton Baptist Church so they can continue to further their education. So um, that's all the announcements I have now. I will have um, Pastor Reeves uh, come up and finish the rest of our service. God, another hand clap of praise. Amen. We definitely, we definitely thank God for another opportunity that he has given us to, to be in the house of worship. And every first Sunday, we have an opportunity to, to be a part of what uh, communion. Amen. Amen. As we reflect back on what Christ did for us over 2,000 years ago. So we thank God for, for this opportunity. And we just bless him for, for being better to us than we've been to ourselves. And we thank him for salvation. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Come on. I said we thank him for salvation. Amen. Uh, I, 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 I want to share this with you all. I'm so excited because I know there are some people who've been praying for me concerning this. You know, my twin brother recently had a triple bypass operation. And I had told the pastor that I've been talking to him and I trying to figure out a way to witness to him and encourage him in the things of God. And so my younger brother called me yesterday. He said, listen, let's call David and let's kind of witness to him. And I'm telling you, the Lord just opened the door. We were able to share the plan of salvation with him. And, and he was able to, he accepted the Lord. And I tell you, I was just so ex excited about that. And, Amen. And oh, I tell you, it was a great feeling. So I'm still rejoicing in my twin brother accepting the Lord. And I told him, I said, I said, now we can spend eternity together. I don't know how that's going to be. <laughs> I said, but, but we can spend eternity together. So I just thank God for that. And I thank you all for your prayer and continue to pray for us that we can reach out to those who are, who are not in the family. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Our communion coming from 1 Corinthians 11 chapter. Amen. 1 Corinthians 
11th chapter, we want to share these verses of scripture. Amen. In your hearing, 1 Corinthians 11th chapter, beginning with the, with the 23rd verse. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Come on in. Come on in. And those of you that want to take part in our Holy Communion, make sure you get your element that you come in. Amen. Bless the Lord. First Corinthians 11 chapter, beginning with the, with the 23rd verse. And it reads as following, for I have received from the Lord that which I also deliver to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do, this do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come. Therefore, whosoever eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. It said, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of this bread and drink of this cup. For he who eat and drink in an unworthy manner, eat and drink damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. In other words, God is saying to you and me, in partaking of this elements that represent his, his blood and represent his body, he, Paul is encouraging us to make sure we don't do it in an unworthy manner. Make sure we come to the Lord's table in a manner that is acceptable to him. In other words, make sure we come with confess, make sure we have confessed all of our sins and shortcomings before we come and take up the Lord's supper. So let's pray and then we're going to partake of the elements. Amen. Lord, we do thank you. We thank you. We praise you. We, we honor you. We bless your name. We, we just thank you for giving us this opportunity to be a blessing. To those that are around us and thank you for, for the elements, the blood, which, the, the wine which represents your, your blood and, the, and, the, and the, the bread which represents your body. We thank you for this, Father. Thank you for this opportunity to share. We love you. We praise you. And we honor you today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the Bible said on that final night that God, that Jesus met with his disciples celebrate Passover. The Bible said he, he, he took the bread and he broke it and blessed it and then gave to his disciples and asked them to eat with him. Shall we all eat together? Amen. And it said in like manner he took the cup, the wine, which represent his blood. For we know that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Shall we all drink together? Amen. Bless the Lord. Come on, let's give God another hand clap of praises. 
Amen. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you so much. At this time, we're going to ask our ushers to make ready to come and receive our gift of love towards this ministry. Amen. Our tithes and our offerings, whatever God has placed on your heart to give towards this ministry, we thank you in advance. And we know that God said that it's more blessing to give than to receive. And so we thank you in advance for what God's going to do in your life for being obedient to his will. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you today. And we pray that everything that we give to you represents your kingdom in a manner that is pleasing to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Precious. I'm expecting my miracle any day now, any day now. I'm expecting my miracle any day now, any day now. I shall have what I need. Any day now, any day now, by faith it's coming to me. Hey now, any day now, I'm expecting my miracle. Any day now. Any day now, I'm expecting my miracle. Any day now, any day now, because I shall have what I need. Any day now, any day now. And by faith, it's coming to me any day now, any day now. I'm expecting my miracle. I'm expecting my I shall have 
I'm expecting my miracle any day now, any day now. Woo. I'm expecting my miracle any day now, any day now. Our hearts cry, be magnified in this your holy temple, in this your holy place, and we will rise to Zion's heights to praise and glorify, unify, and oh how we love you, and oh how we praise you, and oh how we worship you, oh Lord, oh how we love you. Oh, how we praise you. Oh, how we worship. Oh, Lord. Our hearts cry. Be magnified in this your holy temple. In this your holy place and we will rise to Zion's heights to praise and glorify unify and oh how we love you and oh how we praise you and oh, how we worship you, oh Lord. Oh, how we love you. And oh, how we praise you. And oh, how we worship you. the whole song. Is it okay if we just take this opportunity right now to open our mouths, extend our hands, and worship our Savior, the only living true God. We worship him because we love him. We worship him because we depend on him. Come on, open your mouth and sanctuary and bless the name of the Lord in here. If you're watching us online, go ahead and open your mouth right in your home. Make that your sanctuary this morning. Make that your altar this morning. Open your mouth and bless his name. That's why we're here this morning. That's why we're here. Oh, oh, oh how we love you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, how we praise 
praise you. We adore you, God. And oh, how we worship you. Oh, Lord. Come on, take this moment right here. Say it. Oh, how we love you. Yes, God. And oh, how we praise you. And oh, how we worship you. awesome right there. Put that in the chat. Oh, I love the Lord. For those who are virtual, let God know how much you love him. For those who are in person, let God know how much you love him. Oh, how I love him. Oh, my God, how much you love the Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you first loved me. So now I love you. Thank you, Lord. Anybody love the Lord out there? Thank you, Brother James, for just putting us right there. Just just reminding us, oh, how I love you. Just letting us know we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. And I'm glad I have grown spiritually because I used to love him because of what he did. But now I love him because of who he is. Uh, he, he, he don't have to do, it, do too much for me no more for me to love him because he already has proven himself. Have he proved himself to anybody out there? 
the reason why you love him, the reason why you lift his name up, the reason why you just praise his holy name and sing hallelujah to him just because of who he is. Anybody out there know who the Lord is, how he is a way maker, how he is a protector, how he is a provider, how he is a sal the salvation of our lives. I'm just so grateful that I love you, Lord God, and I just want to let the world know that, Lord, I love you. We love you, Lord God. Oh, how we love you. Man, I wish I could sing, Michonne. Michonne say, don't sing. <laughs> oh, how I love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So grateful, so grateful. Thank you, Brother James, for blessing us at this time. For those who are coming in, please come in and worship with us. For those who are online, we are so grateful for you. Sister Vicki, we see you, Sean, and Toya, we see you as well as Bonnie and, and Nay and all of them online. We're definitely grateful to worship with you. For those who are on Zoom, um, we're grateful for you all as well and on um, our website and on um, Facebook and all those other sites. We are so grateful uh, for you tuning in. On this morning, as we continue to look at the power and authority of Jesus, we find ourselves today in John chapter 9. We find ourselves today in John chapter 9. In John chapter 9, we find ourselves today in John chapter 9. And I'm going to ask um, a request um, that you uh, pull out your Bible or your phone or your tablet or whatever you have. And I want you to read these, um, this uh, chapter with me. Um, John chapter 9. I'm not going to preach the whole chapter, but I want to. Uh, read this whole chapter so it could give us some context of this miracle uh, that is going on looking at the power and authority of Jesus Christ. So I want you to read it um, with me. I I'll read it out loud and you read it silently that we all be on the same page. So pull your Bibles out or your electronic devices and we find ourselves in John chapter 9, John chapter 9. We are John chapter 9, John chapter 9, John chapter 9. John chapter 9, and we're going to start at verse 1, John chapter 9. For those who are online, uh, we at John chapter 9. That's in the New Testament, uh, which is Matthew, uh, Mark, Luke, and John. John chapter 9, start off at verse 1. It says, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the work of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while in this day. The night is coming when no one can work. Verse 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spit on the ground and made clay with saliva. And he anointed uh, this, uh, he, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is, the, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is 
not this he who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. And he said, I am he. Therefore, they said to him, how were you, how were your eyes open? And he answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. Verse 13, they brought him who formerly uh, was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees says, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division amongst them. They said to the blind man, again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son who you say was blind, was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now see, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he will put them out of the church, synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. Verse 24, so they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, is that through him I was blind and now I see. Then they said to him again, what do, did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want uh, to become a disciple? Then they revealed him and said, you are his disciples. But we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for the uh, fellows, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, why this is um, a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. Yet, he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is worshiper of God, 
and does his will, he hears. Since the world began, it has be, uh, been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't do nothing. They answered and said to them, to him, you were completely born in sin, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? And he answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. And Jesus said, for judgment I have come into the world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you will have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. Amen, amen, amen. There is a universal question that is asked by non-believers and believers. And that question is, why do God allows suffering? Why do God allow people to suffer? And usually this question is asked when we as believers are going through, or those who are unbelievers are going through a suffering, or when we see someone that we are close to suffer. The word suffer means the state of undergoing pain or distress or hardship. And we often ask this question when people are going through the pain or hardship or distress. We ask the question, God, why do you allow people to suffer? I mean, you've been there. I, I've been there where we question God about the suffering that he allow us to go through. And then we say things like, God, you are of love. Why, if you of love, why are you letting us go through these kind of things? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there when you question God about the suffering that you endure? Or you, have you ever been there when you question God about the suffering that one of your family members are going through? And you ask the question, God, why do you allow us to suffer? In most cases, we believe that the suffering comes from our sin. In most cases, we was taught that, that, that because of our sin, we're reaping the punishment for our sin. And we believe that, that because of our sin, God allow us to go into this suffering because we have sinned against him. But that is, all, that is not always the case. That is not always the case that we, we are suffering because of our sin. Because this text right here lets us know that that's not the only reason why we are suffering. This text give, invites us in. This, this, this narrative of this miracle of this blind man helps us understand that there's a purpose for our suffering. Our suffering is not just due to just because of sin. God has a purpose for you and I to suffer. And his purpose is stated here in this text. And he says, 
these disciples asked her the same question you and I asked. This disciple asked her the same question in a different form that, that you and I have been pressed to ask when we see suffering, when we're going through suffering. God, why do you allow us to suffer? And they asked her the same question here in verse number, uh, I think in verse number two, verse number two, it says, and the disciples asked, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This is man's sin or his parents' sin that he, that he was born blind. Basically what they saying, God, who was the fault of this man's suffering? What, what, what is the purpose of this man going through this hard time? What is the purpose of this man suffering this blindness? What is the purpose of the sickness I have? What is the purpose of the financial uh, trouble I'm having? What is the purpose of all the trouble that I'm facing and all the things that my children go through? What is the purpose why I'm always distressed and going through pain? And they ask God the question, God, why do you allow something? And we too have been there. But on this morning, as we continue to look at the power and authority of Jesus, I want to lay before you this title that your purpose, that their purpose, that, uh, that there's a purpose for our suffering. There's a purpose while God, uh, for God allowing us to suffer. And we see here in the text that one of the things he says right here in verse number one, look what he says in verse number one. He said, now Jesus passed by and he saw a man who was blind from birth. Now, I know we usually uh, go point one, point two, and point three, but today I don't have no points. I just want to preach through this, this narrative, and, and, and I'm not going to be before you long, but what we see right here is the suffering of this man. He said, they said, Jesus was walking past. And look what caught their eye. What caught the eyes of Jesus and the disciples of this man who was born blind. Now this is interesting. Because all they was doing was walking past. They were walking past and the suffering of this man caught their attention. That the, the suffering of this man caught their attention. The, 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 because the man was blind from birth caught their attention. Now, I thought about that. I said, God, how would they know? And I know Jesus is omnipresent, and he know everything. He's God. He's 100% God, 100% man, and he operates in his, in his humanity and his deity at the same time. But how did the disciples know that this man was born blind? How, how did they know that? How did they know that? Because this is a man. But when we see the word man, we usually look at look at a man who's a who's an elder or someone who's over 20 or over 30 years old. And now how do they know that? Because the word man here actually means someone who's of age. So this person could have been 13 years old and they call him a man in Jewish tradition. So he could have been 13 years old and they call him a man because that's the of age. So they, they probably see this young boy who they call a man and they said, man, he must have been blind from, it, from, from birth. And here they, what caught their attention is the suffering that this young boy or this man had been through. Caught their attention. It caught the attention of, of God. And you got to know that God knows what you're going through. Your, your suffering is just not just to go through God. It catches God's attention, and God gives you attention, and look what happens. They stop, and they try to ask, what caused this man suffering? This man was, was born blind, it says. This man had never seen the face of his mother. 
He had never seen the face of his father. He had never seen red and blue and yellow and green. He had never seen the trees. He had, he had never seen animals. He had, he had never seen the sun. He never seen the stars. He never seen the moon. He never seen a car. He never seen a, a light. He never seen anything because he was born blind. This man was suffering. And he, he was born blind. He was, he was blind, with, which he never seen anything. This man lens and pupils, which allow light to get to the retina, which is uh, uh, converted to light into electronic impulses, which is sent then to the optic nerves, which carries the impulses to the brain that allow him to see was not working. This man had no vision at all. And this was this how he suffered because he was blind. But not only did he suffer because he was blind, but we know by Jewish history and Jewish tradition that he also suffered because he uh, because of his condition of blindness. He also suffered that he was poor because at the time when you had a disability like that, you was treated as a second class citizen. So they wouldn't allow you to work. They wouldn't treat you fair. Matter of fact, you was a burden to your family. So that's why verse eight tells us that this man was a beggar. So not only was he suffering a disability that he couldn't see, he was also in poverty. And he was also cast down on because he looked like, I mean, because he was blind, he was a burden to his family. He couldn't bring nothing to the table. He couldn't offer no, nothing. They didn't have the American Disability Act back then. He couldn't bring anything to the table. He was worthless in this time. He couldn't offer anything. And this man had to endure this all his life because he was born this way. But now in verse 2, the disciples asked this question to Jesus. Jesus what was the cause of this man's sin? We see, I mean, what was the cause of this man's blindness? Now, we see the man suffered. The man suffered because he was blind. He suffered because he was poor. And now we hear the question that they're trying to figure out what was the cause of his suffering. And they ask the question, was, was the cause of his suffering due to sin? What happened, Jesus? Why, why can't this man see? Why was he born blind? And they asked these two questions. The first one was, was it because of his sin? And we do the same thing when we see people going through. We try to figure out what sin they had, what sin they into. How, what, what you do to God to make him mad? We do the same thing. And they ask, what was the sin that this man did? They said, did, did he sin? And what they, was, what they were saying was that, 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 that they believed in Jewish tradition that a, that a fetus could sin in the womb. So they believed in, truth, in, in, um, in, in Jewish tradition that a fetus can, can do a practical sin in the womb. And they get that from Genesis uh, chapter 28 when, when Esau and, and um, his twin um, Isaac and Esau was in the womb of their mother and they were wrestling and fighting. So they called that sin. That's where they get that, that, that theology from or that view from that a fetus can sin. They said, well, did he sin? And what they were saying was, well, did he sin as a baby in the womb? Did this fetus sin? Did he as a fetus sin? And, and caused him to be blind. But then they asked the second question, well, did his parents sin? So they, they, they believed this, 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 this form of um, um, transmigration, 
And the word transmigration means that they believe that one's evil soul can be transferred through the child and cause them to be punished for the other person's sin. So they believe this theory. They believe this theory in the Jewish time that, 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 that the, the, the souls, the evil souls of the parents can be transferred to the child what's causing them to be punished for their sin, for their parents' sin. And they try to figure out what was the cause. And you, when you're going through, you're trying to figure out what sin did I do? Was it that I stole that pen from work the other day? What was that sin? I ain't really doing I may, I may lie to my mother, but why am I going through this? Why, what, what happened? What, what did I do? You know how you try to figure out what sin that, that caused you to go through this? What, you try to go back in your mind and recollect what, what sin you did and, and, and what did I do? What that sin? You, you know, and they asking a the question, what caused this man to suffer? And then Jesus come in verse number three and he answered that question. He said, here's the purpose. Here's the purpose. He said it had nothing to do with sin. What you're going through in your life has nothing to do with sin. The sickness that you had, the cancer that you had, the treatments that you go good, the kidney failure that you had, the trouble with your children, the trouble in your marriage, your financial issues, things are not stable and things are haywire and going down and all the trouble you experience, all the pain and the distress you're going through has nothing to do with sin. It's just so God can see his work in you. Look what he says in verse 3. He said, here's the purpose of your sin. Here's the purpose of your suffering. Look what he said. Jesus said, neither did this man nor his parents sin. He said, but that the work of God should be done and revealed through him. Jesus said, here's the purpose of your suffering, that the work of God may be seen through you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because we'll raise our hand and say, use me, Lord. If I'd have came up here before I started this sermon, say, how many want to be used by the Lord? You would have fell out. Use me, Lord. Had both hands up in the air saying, use me, Lord. Here I am. Use me. But what happened when he want to use you in suffering? What happens when he want to break you? What happened when he put sickness on you and want to use you? What happened when you're going through a divorce? What happened when your finances are not good? What happened when your children are acting up? What happened when your life is breaking down and the bottom is falling out? Do you want God to use you then? He says, here's the purpose. He said, the purpose that you're going through this suffering is that the work of God may be seen through you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, that the work of God may be seen through you. Because guess what? The reason why you're going through that suffering is because the person that needs to see God may see him through you only. The reason why you're sitting there going to get treatment every week to get for cancer and going to get treatment for dialysis is that the person next to you can see God work in your life. Says He said, here's the purpose of your suffering. Here's the purpose so God's work can be seen through you. Mm. Watch this. When you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, when you said, God, I, I put my faith in you and the faith that we put in him, he gave it to us to put in him anyway, by the way. So when we decided to surrender our life to him as our Lord and Savior, we was purchased at a price and that price called the blood of Jesus Christ. And that price purchased us, which means we belong to him. And because we belong to him, he can do as he will with us because our life is no longer ours, it's his. Uh -huh. 
Watch this, watch this. He says that, that, that here's the purpose of your suffering. Say, here's the purpose why you're going through. So God's work may be seen through you. Mm. Oh, y'all cry. We don't want that. We don't want that. God don't show them you through me. Not me, God. I give my tithes and offerings. Not me, God. I, I be faithful. I show up to prayer meetings. I come to church on time. God, I show up at every ministry they have, Lord God. Not through me. Don't, don't show me that, God. Don't, don't use me in that way. Don't, don't use me, God. And God says, I need you. Are you willing to give yourself to God so he can work through you? Are you willing to go through the things that God has, you, has set for you so people can see the work of God? And look what he says. He says he's going through this not because of sin, so God's work can be seen through him. My God, that hurts. That hurts. Because I start thinking about people in the scripture who've been going through so people can see God. Mm. And I think about Hosea. I call up Hosea. Some of y'all probably never heard of Hosea. But Hosea was a prophet of God. That God told this prophet to go marry a prostitute. Who has slept with everybody in the land. And then he told her to not only marry her. But go and have babies by her. Go ahead and be a baby daddy and a baby mama to this prostitute. Now, I don't know about for you, but as a man, we don't want to endure that. Because now we got to walk past in a movie theater with this girl that slept with, with everybody. And now, guess what's happening? People laughing and we getting mad because we know she's been around. I mean, come on, God. Don't use me in that way. Don't use me like that, God. I'm just being real for those visitors who don't, who don't think pastors transferred. I'm transferred. Don't use me in that way. And God says, I got a purpose for you, Hosea. I want to use you that the people may see how they treat me. My God, watch this. I want you to go through this so you can be an example of how Israel is cheating on me. You can be an example how Israel is cheating on me. So now what I want you to do, I want you to go marry a prostitute, have children by, and then guess what? After you marry her children by, she gonna still go out and sleep with men for money, and then you gonna go in their bedroom and pay them to get your wife back. You talking about God, you want me to use, you want God to use you. God said, I got a stage for you. I can use it. And then, not only that, let me call up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three young men who was Jewish men who now come in and now they go and they capture them, taken away from their homeland under the, under the thumb of King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar make this big statue and say, when I play the instruments, I want you to bow down to me. I want you to bow down and worship me. And they said, I ain't going to worship you. I'm not going to bow down to you. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, you ain't. So if you don't bow down to worship me, I'm going to stick you in this fiery furnace. 
And these young men responded and said, look, king, we respect who you are, but we ain't going to serve you and disown our God. So whatever you have to do, you do what you got to do because we know our God is able. Would you want to be used by God to die? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm talking about God. Use. God said, I have a purpose for using you. God said, I have a purpose for your suffering. Your suffering is just not because you're going to need to go through. Your suffering is that people may see the work of God working in your life. That people may see. And I remember some years ago when I first got, gave my life to Christ, uh, my wife and I gave our life to Christ at the same time. Uh, uh, we walked down the aisle together and surrendered our life to Christ. And I remember when my children was young, my daughters was young, they used to go to the same school with, with their cousins, which my sister-in-law, uh, her son and daughter. And, and every week they would come over our house or because we lived in the same area or they would go to my sister-in-law's house. And I remember one day we went to pick my daughters up from um, my sister-in-law's house and my wife went in to get my daughters. And then I was outside in the truck waiting on her. And then what happened was I, I had to use the bathroom, so I went in. And I parked in front of my sister-in-law's townhouse. I parked in front of her townhouse, and I came, I went in, used the bathroom, and came right out, and my truck was gone. Just like that. I mean, just like that. So my wife said, did you leave the keys with God? I said, no, the keys in my hand. And, and what happened was they put a sign out that you, if you parked in front of the townhouse at that time, you, they towed your car. Now watch this. The, I, I could have been mad because I, I just went in and ran back out and I, I didn't know I didn't see the sign but as my sister-in-law was taking me and Jeanette to go to the uh to the tow yard to get my car her friend was with her her my sister-in-law's best friend was with us and all she kept saying the whole entire ride was I can't believe man now, now pastor name nickname is man okay my nickname is Man Tillman, okay? So the, 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 uh, the whole time she kept saying, I can't believe that man is not cussing and fussing. I can't believe that he's not even angry. He's not even upset the whole entire ride. And it irked me because she was saying this the whole entire ride because I was trying to be calm because I'm a new Christian. So I can't show what I used to, you know what I'm saying? You know how it is. I, I don't know about you, but I'm trying to show that I'm, I'm walking this walk. But the whole time she getting me mad Talking about you ain't cussing, so that means I'm supposed to be cussing and fussing. But what happened was what she was saying was that something changed. Some, something happened to you. Something different because I know you. I've been knowing you for a long time and you used to cuss and fuss and, and get angry and had this attitude issue. But now your car got towed and you're not even cussing and fussing. And what I realized years later is that God used that situation to work through me that she may see God. See, and that's what God will do. Don't get, don't get mad at God. Don't be cussing and fussing and say, God, why you got me going through this suffering? Don't be crying and complaining. Just say, God, whatever you got me going through. Just show them that they may see you. God, I just wanted you to use me. I'm just willing to be used by you because I believe that my suffering is not because of sin. It's that people may see the God in me. How many of y'all want to see the God in you? How many want people to see that your life has changed? Your life is not the same. That you different. I don't do what I used to do. Not because I changed, because God changed me. Has God changed anybody out there? Has God changed you where now you don't act the way you used to act? 
because you want people to see God working in your life. Do I have any people out there that know your suffering is not because you sin, but because God want to work through you. Stop complaining. Stop cussing and fussing. Stop pouting. Just say, God, use me that people may see who you are. Use my suffering. Use my cancer. Use my trouble. Use my bankruptcy. Use my job situation. Use everything I got, Lord God, that people may see you. Says, God has a purpose for our suffering. God has a purpose. And look, they cornered this man, the Pharisees. These are the spiritual leaders, the pastors, the bishops, the teachers of the word. These are the spiritual leaders of the church. Corner this man to try to get Jesus on, on breaking the law because he healed him on the Sabbath. But this man said, whatever you may think, but one thing I know is that I was blind and now I see. And I like this because this man gave his personal testimony of what Jesus did for him. And that's what we got to get to. God, I'm not going to complain about my suffering. I'm just going to tell people about it. Yeah, I used to have cancer, but God brought me through. Yeah, I used to have diabetes, but God brought me through. Yeah, I used to be a troubled child, but God set me free. Yeah, I used to be on crack, but now I ain't on crack no more. Yeah, I used to smoke weed, but now I'm free from weed. Yeah, I used to be an alcoholic, but I ain't no alcoholic no more. Yeah, God used my marriage and my suffering I went through for his glory that you may see who God is. I want to encourage you. Your purpose, your suffering has a purpose for God's work to be seen. God is using your suffering so people may see him. Today, as you stand on your feet, I'm done. Will you let God use you? Will you let God use your suffering that people may see him? Will you let God use you? Will you let God use your suffering that people may see who he is? Because God has a purpose for your suffering. Father God, I just come to you today. And I thank you, Lord God, that I look at suffering different. Thank you for changing my mindset. Thank you for changing my perspective and my philosophy about suffering. Now, Lord God, sometimes you just want us to go through that we may be examples in a stage for you. So, Lord God, use whatever I have that you may get the glory. We thank you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you for your power and your authority that you have shown us through this miracle. That, Lord God, you see what we're going through. The scripture said you passed by and our suffering caught your attention. Lord God, you know exactly what we're going through. And some of us have been going through for a long time. Some of us, Lord God, have been going through for a long, long time. But I thank you, Lord God, that you have now answered our question. That is for a purpose, Lord God. So, Lord God, I love you. 
and I thank you. I love you, Lord God, and I thank you that you have identified yourself with my suffering. Lord God, I thank you that you just didn't pass by and ignore me, Lord God, but you gave me the attention I need. Lord God, you give us the endurance to make it through the suffering that we're going through because there's no way in the world we have the strength or the power to make it, but you, Lord God, has given us that. So, Lord God, use us in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray.